Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams at Garrett720. And joining me are my two co-hosts, as always. First off, we got my boy Kyle Henning at KThen16. Kyle, how are you doing today? It's the weekend, baby. We're good. It's uh, it's the off season now. We're getting into the full off season mode, so it's good to be back and talk to you guys again. Now we're gonna have some fun today after we talk a little news. So I'm excited. Heck yeah, we are. And then also joining us, he was uh, absent last week, but we got him here this week. We've got Tom Welty at Arrowhead Tom. Tom, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I'm sorry I wasn't here last week. I uh, always hate missing missing out on the fun, but I'm back for what I think is going to be a really fun show. So I'm excited to, to get into it with you guys again. Heck yeah, we're going to get right into it here. First off, we're going to start off with a, a little bit of Chiefs news. It is the off season, so there's not too much going on. Uh, Minicamp is just about ended, and uh, we're just kind of all waiting around for training camp. But the Chiefs did make two signings, signing uh, wide receiver Darius Shepard and offensive lineman Wyatt Miller, who I believe both were kind of just uh, tryout guys that they ended up signing uh, to be some, some camp depth, essentially. And then uh, they also... And a corresponding move cut uh, Martinez Rankin, who was a, a notable old lineman we traded for a couple years ago. Who did we trade him for or trade for him with? Because uh, I know we got him in some kind of trade. Was uh, the Carlos Hyde trade? Yeah, I think it was yeah. Carlos Hyde to the Texans. Yep, in exchange for Martinez Rankin. Yeah, Carlos Hyde, chief uh, preseason legend. <laughs> Training camp superstar. Yeah. So that was, a uh, you know, it's unfortunate. Martinez Rankin had a little bit of potential before he got injured. Uh in whatever that season was and mm-hmm. uh and then it kind of just went downhill from there and we have so much other guard depth there that uh he was the first casualty first of many because we still have i believe 14 offensive linemen uh yes. on the roster with Same the amount. Of we, yeah. we did we did say last episode and i think the episode before that like we never saw him really be trusted with anything they never really mm-hmm. stuck him on the field they never really seemed to want to put him out there and if that's the case with what we had last year and then yeah. they bring in and brought in eight dudes and eh, yeah. right there guys like this is, this is not a secret so yeah we exactly. saw we expected this but it's like it's it's gonna be interesting because there's more coming this is not the mm-hmm. last of the offensive linemen to leave kansas city there will be more on their way out yep yeah whether that be with via cut or via trade It'll be a. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Somebody, they will be yeah. leaving. We're not carrying fourteen offensive yeah. linemen. Maybe, Are you sure? Maybe nine. Maybe a new uh, 10. ten offensive line, one quarterback. <laughs> I I don't think they've used Andy carries 
I think eight or nine on that. On, yeah, he on yeah. carries nine, I think. Sometimes ten's gonna 10, be pushing it. Yeah, ten would be pushing it for sure. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough, but I, I I'm hopeful that we'll see some some of those you know classic Brett Feach trades in preseason after some of these guys get to show off a little bit. Yeah, I feel like it's almost guaranteed we'll see at least one one Brett Veach uh, flip-flop trade. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see as training camp moves forward. Um, some other yeah. Chiefs news real quick. Uh, Tyron Matthew had uh, some words in a press conference. We talked about it last week, me and Kyle. Uh, and he said very definitively that he doesn't see himself in any other uniform but a Chiefs uniform and that he wants to be here for the rest of his career and – and basically, just all those tweets. He for, said some uh, other things too. A bunch of fugazi. He said he said uh, some relationships that I've built here are more important than dollars. That. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much as now? I appreciate the comments. I, I love Tyrant. Now, if you're his agent, are you throwing things at him? At no, this moment, I, I think it's you know it's during the the heat of the off season and you're on Twitter and people are, oh, I, understand, I understand all that. But you're, when you're in front of the microphone. I, I, I think it's just, you know, listen, he's going to get the bag. He's going to get paid. He's probably going to reset the safety market or at least come real close to doing it. So as much as he's going to sit there and say, Hey, you know, the money doesn't matter. And then he's going to go back to Clark Hunt and he's going to Hey, Hey Clark, remember when I said the money doesn't matter. Yeah, I just said that so that we all look good. So, uh, yeah, why don't you open up the checkbook? That's a leverage thing where at least it used to be, man. And that agents used to get real upset with guys because when they said stuff like that, because you're taking money out of your pocket, basically, is the way I used to view it. Now, this organization seems to make sure that they take care of them regardless of. The statements or whatnot, so that you may be yeah. correct there. I just, I if if I'm that if I'm his agent, I'm like, bro, I get what you're doing, but you're not exactly helping me from a <laughs> leverage standpoint here, guy. Yeah, that is true. But I just feel like, in, no matter what, he's gonna have a a market resetting deal. Like he has all the argument to be made. To is he? Top safety. I don't know, man. I mean, I, Justin unless... Simmons just got paid. Now, he's he the highest paid, and I think I Tyron's a, got a case to be stepping above a, a, ahead of Justin oh, Simmons. He's also older than Simmons. That is true, but who? What safety he plays a, a little bit bigger means, role in the defense than just a safety. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of thing. Justin Simmons is kind of a safety. Yeah. Whoa, y'all are acting like I am not telling y'all that Tyron doesn't deserve his bag. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, I know. We're just making no, we're just no, making no, arguments no. for. I'm the just case. saying. I also found it interesting what Pat said. Patrick said about Mister Mister ba- Mister Landlord, and he wants him here as long as he's here. Patrick, mm-hmm. do you realize that? Safeties typically don't play. <laughs> hey, you might just hop into a coach role in a couple years. That you know? 40, long, 42 year 40s. old. Yeah, 42 year old. I mean, I, he does want to be Charles Woodson, but I, yeah. I mean, if there's That's anyone to do ask. it, if there's anyone to do it, it's I, 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 hey, you know what? I, you're, you're not wrong there. He's, he's been told his whole life he can't do everything, and he does it. He does it and does it and does it. So I'm not going to tell mm-hmm. you he can't. I just would say that I am willing that, to say that that is on the slightly unlikely edge. Yeah, for, I would. Agree. I probably agree too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think Tyron's going to be. I, and I love me. So if if Tyron can play in the league at that level for the next decade, you best believe I want him in Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can see him yes. stepping away on keep, his terms though. Keep the going out, home. Going oh, out with a little bit left. You can keep cashing there. them wrench checks here all day long. That's facts. Buddy. You can keep on doing yeah. it because he'll will find a role for. Like, that's the thing. His play style, he can find a role 
even if he mm-hmm. isn't the top athlete that he used to be, you know. So, his, yeah. his his intelligence level is what stands him apart from just about exactly. everybody he on can the just, field. He can just command the defense. Which is part of the thing that's interesting to me about this team that no one talks about is they have two guys that do that, and one of them is on each side of the football. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of another so, guy that's on the other side of the football, Patrick Mahomes, real quick, uh, uh, what was it, Lewis Riddick came out and, and he had a bunch of comments, basically. He had a couple couple things he wanted to say, a little bit about Chris Jones moving to defensive end, a little bit about Trey Smith and his uh, his progression so far, a little bit about Noah Gray. Uh, Lewis Riddick, you know. It was nice to hear from Andy Reid and Brett Beach. Yeah, it was very yeah. nice. Cause yeah, Lewis Riddick, formula. for those of you who don't know, is basically speaking for Andy Reid and Brett Veach whenever he, he tweets about the Chiefs. He is that connected. Mm-hmm. He was with Andy for so long in Philadelphia, like, and, and Brett. Brett. Yeah, like because yeah. Brett was there with them all. So, like, those three are a very connected They spent duo. a lot of time in the same yeah. room. They, a lot yeah, of They hours. have a lot of conversations. So, if, if Lewis Riddick is talking about it, you know it's going to be something, uh, something big to watch. So Yeah, Lou, to remind you. doesn't typically just fire yeah. out his butthole no. with uh, Chiefs takes. Yeah, to remind you, you know, Lewis was one of the people who very early on uh, was saying, hey, the Chiefs have something in Patrick Mahomes. Hey, the Chiefs really believe, you know, in in Patrick Mahomes, which was probably, you know, Brett Veach texting Lewis and going, hey, you know, you should talk more about Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be really good. It'll make you look good. I'll look good. It's a win-win. And and it kind of feels almost the same because what he said was that this is the best offensive line that – Patrick Mahomes is going to have like gotten Ever play played that. behind. Yes, which isn't. I mean, saying a ton. It isn't. It isn't. I mean, look, again, man, that interior line in eighteen was not. The interior was still not. Yeah, I this, mean, they, they still have their issues. But one you, through five, I yeah. would say I agree with Lewis. I no, I, I fully agree. Actually, um, probably one through eight. I would. Agree. Yeah, when you have when the previous bar was. A, I would say at least a very average or maybe above average line. I mean, you have an all-pro right tackle. Yeah, you have a replacement level. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying previously, like mm-hmm. you had an all-pro right tackle, you had a pro mm-hmm. bowl left tackle, you and had then. you know solid players on the inside, average to like you said replacement level. Um, but now. now you look at it across the board, like you said, one through five, and then he highlighted the two rookies, Creed Humphrey. And Trace Smith. I think at this point it's a four. We, we are done talking about training camp battles at center. That is a yep. wrap. Yeah. That is Cream. there is no training camp battle at center. Hi, Austin Blythe. Enjoy your backup center guard role. Yes, thanks for being a part of the team. Enjoy the Super Bowl ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other name in there was Trey Smith, and Trey Smith is the we've talked about him before, the highly touted, you know, sixth round draft pick who if it wasn't for some medical stuff and for some other issues, Second probably round. wasn't going to be, yeah, a six-round pick. Um, honestly, it may have been a first-round pick if it wasn't for I, – I, we we talked before about the, the medicals and, and how that um, – Well, it also cost him playing his, time. Yeah, it affected his progression. It affected his ability to develop as a, you know, um, coll- collegiate athlete. And then, you know, again, obviously that, that affects your ability as a pro. But it sounds like – he is the talk. He is the the talk of the town for or, the coaches, or maybe and the players, it, or maybe it hasn't. Because Andy Heck, we talked about it, was literally drooling over this kid. Yeah, and Lou coming out with that, and it mm-hmm. was a it was a very specific, very specifically yes. worded set of tweets, and it was not one tweet; it was two because the second tweet, if nobody clicked on the tweet, yeah. There's Noah Gray conversation down there, and I swear mm-hmm. he said something about Cornell also. 
Yeah, yeah I think he did also mention Cornell's name. And and Travis Kelsey also name-dropped, I think, Noah Gray. Uh, um, he's name-dropped him a couple times, but recently he did name-drop him and, and basically came out and said that he's you know he's really enjoying him. And I think I think Noah Gray is going to have a, <clears throat> a lot bigger role than some people might think in this, in this offense this year. I got to shout out our boys over at KC Sports Network. Uh, Kent Swanson confirmed... Lewis's tweet about the Noah Gray stuff mm-hmm. saying his uh, sleuthing through OTA photos showed Mr. Gray getting run with Mahomes. You yeah. do not use Patrick Mahomes snaps <laughs> on people that will not be participating mm-hmm. in this offense. I don't yes. care if it's May. You don't use Patrick Mahomes snaps on guys that aren't playing. Yep. So, so yeah, again, the, guys, if you if you're a Chiefs fan and you don't already follow Lewis Riddick, first of all, I'm sorry, you should have been done that a long time ago. Secondly, actually, not even a Chiefs fan. If you're an NFL fan and you're not following Lewis Riddick, you should be. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. That dude, if he talks about the Chiefs, I know we're basically speculating that it comes from them, but like y'all, I mean, it's not just us speculating that everybody says that. Like this is mm-hmm. this is not news that he gets his news. From who he gets his news from. Yes. Like, it is straight from the, the horse's <laughs> mouth when it's Lewis Riddick. So yes. so yeah, that's that's optimistic for, for the Chiefs and uh, and I would also say they're pretty careful about what they put out there. You know, um, they're not that's um, you know, they're not gonna throw out I mean, we didn't hear this when you know, Lewis Riddick wasn't tweeting about Breland Speaks and even I think about last year and like he wasn't tweeting about Willie Gay, you know. Mine is a mouse things. about Breland Speaks, so, and rightfully so. Yes, as we all were. Um, other than going, wait, who? Um, <laughs> they did what? Oh hell. Um, so yeah, I, it's exciting to hear that the Chiefs, at some level, whoever you know is again probably very high up in the food chain, is feeding that information to Mr. Riddick to say, hey, put this out there that the Chiefs feel really good about these three rookies. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty exciting to to hear, and, and again, as as unfortunate as that that Kyle Long, you know, was injured, um, the opportunity for Trey Smith is we talked is about exciting. It. We talked yeah. about it. We talked about what it was going to take for him to be on the field, and what was going to take was an injury. And lo and behold, we didn't even make it a week from saying that. And so, Kyle Long done. I'm I'm still one of the opinion that Kyle Long may not make this team. Uh, I think he will. Yeah, I think he but also I, will. I listen. I'm not. I'm not rooting. For I think him he will for no other reason that he is depth at two positions and a leadership role for a young guy like Trey Smith. So Andy said, um, "I'll have to pull this up," but I believe Andy said that it's possible that Kyle Long could need surgery. Oh, I and know. If he needs surgery and can't play the season, it's a one-year contract. I told you what I think that sounds like. I don't know if I don't know if I told you. Did I tell, was I talking about that on the last podcast? That was Garrett? last week. I wasn't here. Yeah, Let's, I think so. What recap. I thought it was. I thought. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was the. Uh, I thought he dislocated his knee. Oh, okay. A little bit. Um, yeah, well, well, we'll see. But just just based on the sound of it, like that's what I when I dislocated my knee, the, the doctor's mm-hmm. like, "Look, you you can either rehab it, or you can have the surgery." Now, mm-hmm. there's like a. 55% chance that you do it again if you don't re- if you don't have the surgery but there's mm-hmm. a guarantee that you're going to have the surgery again if you have the surgery because you're going to do it again like it so yeah. it it doesn't change anything it's just a matter of if it cut off any cartilage if they have to go in and clean stuff out that's yeah. where the if they has to have so i d- it didn't sound like ligament damage because if there's ligament damage there is no might have to have surgeries he yeah. he's 300 and something pounds y'all 
he's having surgery if there's no <laughs> if there's ligament damage to the knees. I'm yeah. just telling you. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He can't recover in two weeks. No. That dude is made of gum, bubble gum, and I'm fine with it. Like, he <laughs> is gumby and great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did want to say, and I wanted to get Garrett's little view and, and yours on this, because you mentioned that he said something about Chris Jones, and Chris Jones said something about Chris Jones moving to the outside. Yeah, Chris Jones. It's a dream come true. Yeah, Chris Jones said right, it's a dream come true. Like, he is Let's he's very excited. This. Yes. Give it to me. What's y'all's take on Chris being outside? Because I don't think it's going to be a small dosage of Chris outside. First no. of all, I think you're going to see some of that. Remember that Amoeba defense, that NASCAR package where he used to put out, run out in New York that Spags mm-hmm. used to run? Yeah. Boy, can you taco, taco, Chris, Jaron, Frank. Well, the NASCAR All standing. Was, all, be standing. The inside. All, yeah. all standing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and moving around, you get to pick where they come from. You get yep. to pick your match. You four yeah. go out there, tell pick your guy because they can't mm-hmm. block all of you. They can't double all of you. You pick which matchup you want and go beat that dude. Yep, because yeah. that's what uh, they Chris used Jones, to do. Chris Jones at defensive end is just going to be a huge game changer, I think. Just because, and he even talked about it. Like he's just attacking from a different angle. You know, <laughs> like there's less like chance of a double team. It's going to be harder. And plus, like he's either playing. Like by, beside J- Jaron Reed or you know to Sean mm-hmm. Wharton or Derek Nottie, like like he's gonna be you know mm-hmm. he has some serious help on the inside. And I think yes. honestly we're gonna look back at the Jaron Reed signing and be like this was the most underrated signing of the off season because he I think I think Jaron Reed might have a ten sack season to be honest. We like, talked he, about more about Jaron Reed than anybody else really did, yeah. and we didn't talk about him enough. And no, yeah. like he was—he is going to be a serious force inside, reuniting with Frank Clark, like being, you know, on like either lining up next to Chris Jones or lining up next to Tershawn Wharton, and if they want to go for, because they also mentioned Tershawn Wharton a couple times uh, mm-hmm. as a guy Turk who's really compelling. Yeah, Turk's going to get some. Turk's going to eat this year as well. But I just—I mean, Frank Clark, Darren Reed, Tershawn Wharton, Chris Jones. Like, mm-hmm. that is a very unstoppable D line. You didn't say Derek Nottie's name. I mean, you yeah. know, I love Derek Nottie, but he is well, a nose tackle, like, really. Like, yeah, and he's going to be in on, on in Ooh. first downs probably, and he's Derek gonna be, is important. He's an important part of the puzzle, and it's contract year. Yeah, he is a big part of the puzzle for sure. Undefeated, baby. Contract so, year is undefeated. Yeah, it's just so, when they uh, do get in those rush third down packages, they are going to be bringing. Yeah, we have, yeah. To, we have to throw that in every time. Yeah, I mean, Jaron Reed's the other guy that the coaches and and all that have talked about. <laughs> I think even Andy Reed has has highlighted him a little bit. Um, in the pressers, which is pretty big. I mean, that's that's high praise and, and high expectations. I think that, um, like you said, there's a lot of pieces you can mix and match. Um, Chris Jones is going to be. I mean, he's he's dynamic, and it sounds like he's he's been preparing for this transition. And um, he again, looks like it. Yeah, one of yeah. those things where he's going to win with power and and not be. I mean, he's got plenty of, of speed for his size, but he's. Uh, you know, that's the one that I'll say that that's, that's a little bit different from um, from some of the New York Giant defenses. Is there, there's not the Chiefs don't necessarily have that unless you count Taco that like pure speed um, kind of twitchier guy. Yeah. I mean, Frank Clark's more of a power guy, which which is fine. Again, you you don't necessarily, and I think the the league has trended more towards power rushers. Um, because your athletic, your tackles are getting more athletic, but I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see all the the crazy looks that they're able to to come up with and um, to just benefit from that depth at defensive tackle and, and play Chris outside and again and probably 
the other benefit to that is you get to keep him a little bit more fresh for those rushing downs and um can just having a, a heavy rotation up front is going to be be pretty critical for the team so i'm going to give you guys a couple little bold predictions in june here oh i was um, going to give a bold prediction too that's crazy we're on the same wavelength <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think there's. Well, I'm, I'll only give one, and then I'll let you give yours okay. and make sure we don't try. Hopefully, we, we, might, don't we might have the same one, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't think we're going to be talking about Frank Clark's contract and the value of it oh. by the end of the season. That was not the point I was going to Because get. the Chiefs cut him? No. <laughs> because it's already a foregone conclusion that they're <laughs> going to cut him? Because they traded him at the deadline. He's going to get it. The deal will look different after this season. I'm not telling you that the numbers going to stay the same for next year. But I, I'm not. We're not going to be talking about how he hasn't lived up to his dollar amount value and what he, what he's supposed to do for the team. Not after what he did in 18 or 19 to help win the playoffs in the Super Bowl and how he played throughout that year. And he had a down year last year. Okay, guys have down years. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to be talking about it. I do not think we're going to be talking about it at the end of the season. I don't the know. way he looks, the way he sounds, the way he seems to be feeling. Uh, it, that's he had, he looked different than the last few times we've seen him at a podium. And that's, that's a good sign from a, from just a personality, like his body language. Cause if, if that stomach thing is, is bothering you, man, I don't care how great, happy, go lucky, awesome of a person you are. It takes its toll. It will mentally wear you out and he looks Mm -hmm. fresh. So yeah. And and with Jaron Reed and they both had their best season next to each other in yeah. Seattle. The thing about that, and my take here is kind of going to disagree slightly with your take, but I think there's two people on this D-line who have double-digit sack seasons this year. Chris Jones and Jaron Reed. I was going to say three, but I get your point. Well, see, I don't think there's going to be three. That's the that's the problem, is that mm-hmm. I think Frank Clark, and he came out in the press conference and saying, you know, obviously the goal is obviously 10, 15, you're in great number conversations, 20, you're in even, like, blah, blah, blah. D-P-O-Y, Unfortunately, yeah. I just, and as much as I would like to be wrong, and as much as I want Frank Clark to absolutely ball out, I just don't think he's going to be getting a lot of these, uh, a lot of sacks this year. I see him getting maybe, you know, six to eight, like he's kind of had the past two seasons he's been here. And Jaron Reed, like, you know, he's a great signing. And he's going to help out Frank in a lot of ways. But I also think that in far as double teaming is concerned, they're probably going to target Frank over Jaron Reed. And so I think, you know, some of these situations where Frank gets like a cleanup sack or, you know, he it's he's a, a, a lone rusher and he's kind of just singled out. I don't. I think Jaron Reed's going to get more of those looks. I think he's going to get more of those cleanup sacks and be kind of the guy who, you know, in the coverage sacks that, you know, you see Frank Clark running around on usually. I think Jaron Reed's going to be getting that pressure from inside quicker than Frank does. I think that's where you and I disagree on the philosophy of how they're going to block that because I think it's harder to double outside than it is inside, and I think they're going to try and double down on Jaron because it's an easier move, and they'll try to do what they're going to try to do with Chris on the other side, and you have to pick which side you're going to chip on. So either you're chipping Chris or you're chipping Frank, and yeah. you can't double everywhere. Like I said, it's harder to du- – most most teams don't double on their tackles. They don't double the DNs usually because it's harder typically to shift those lines out and do that, especially if you got to double both sides of the end. Well, I will say that if if that is the case, I think that teams are likely going to end up chipping Chris Jones and letting Frank Clark go one-on-one. And Kyle, not to rain on your parade entirely, but last year, I mean, we remember the graphic came out towards the end of the season. Um, and nobody told was you as Tano Passanio, but – Frank yeah. Clark was also not good at winning those one-on-one matchups. I agree. So, like I said, I told you what I think caused him a lot of issues last year. So. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there, and maybe there's issues, but, you know, issues aside or, you know, 
if you know whether they're issues or not at some point you know it's put up or shut up time uh, like i said i don't think we're talking about his value at the end of the season yeah. i don't think it's even a conversation i think he gets a restructured deal somewhat like sammy did but i don't think we're talking about the number and i don't and i think he gets an extension him i think he gets extended i think tyron gets extended and, they, and the numbers shrink and they keep rolling so here's my take since we're we're doing bold predictions and apparently the theme is how many sacks will the Chiefs have? I don't think a single Chief defensive lineman has uh, – well, any defender – has double-digit sacks this season. All right. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the last one to do it. It was probably Chris Jones in 18, maybe 19. So. Yeah. So we did not have a double-digit sack person last year. And, um, yeah, Chris Jones was the last one to do it. I'm not saying that – I, I'm, that's not an indictment against Chris Jones, but he is learning a new position. And um, I think teams are still going to respect his abilities. So I think it's going to be, um, you know, I think they'll get sacks. They'll probably just be spread <clears throat> out more. As you say, the other reason I would say that, I'm, that Tom might be right and we may be off is because there's more guys that can go get those sacks. Yeah. Like I think Taco may steal some from a few guys. Exactly. I, think, I can, I can also see that where I can, I can a see little bit more very much see where sure. Tom's, where Tom's like, we got like five guys with seven to nine or yeah. Yeah. something like that. This isn't, this isn't by the way, five, to nine. Everyone takes. Five, five guys with seven to nine is still, yeah. that's still very 45 good. sacks, 35 exactly. to 45. Yeah. Sacks. I, I'm, I almost said we they wouldn't have a double digit sack individual, but they would still finish in the top ten. I, that was exactly. almost my take, yeah. and so and maybe, I, and maybe I I'll adjust it to that. that. Stay healthy. More, yeah, yeah. If everybody stays healthy, that I also think if everybody stays healthy, this is my other one. That becomes probably their biggest strength on that defense versus what was their one of their biggest weaknesses last year. Yeah, I think Which... their biggest strength on the defense is Legarius Sneed. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. That I can't, room, I can't argue that there. That cornerback room is my thing to watch for trading camp. Yeah, and that's if what that, if this D line is as you know as great as, we, as the Chiefs have seen in a while, that young cornerback room is only going to benefit from that. Yep. So How do you help yeah. corners, especially young ones? Rush the pass, pass rush. Yep. Yes, pass rush is always good. So. All right, I think we covered all the news, and we gave you a little, few little hot takes for middle of June. <laughs> so why not? Unexpected. Shall hot we takes. get into? The party, the fun times, the good stuff. Yes. Yep. Let's get the into trip. the main, the main uh, meat and potatoes of the podcast here. Even though we're already twenty five minutes. Meat and, in. What are you talk about meat and potatoes for? Listen, I haven't uh, had dinner yet, y'all. Don't. Let's I'm not hungry. I've got to make steak in a I minute. Got to make uh, listen, yeah. I I smoked a steak last night. Ooh, let me tell you, it's yeah. you, you smoke it and then you, it's like the reverse sear. You throw it on the grill and get a nice sear on it. Perfect meat. It's like eating butter that's made of meat. Speak okay. I want to do this. It's the off season, y'all. Be y'all. Everybody will survive. We got to talk about this. Y'all saw that picture that came out from that Minnesota oh. barbecue. That I already knew what you were going to be talking about. Oh <laughs> my god! Oh, that was, that was bad. God, that was very, that was very bad. Crime. I feel bad for the restaurant that got put on blast unknowingly. Was, by the way, yeah, they had no idea they were getting absolutely flame trained. I'm not. Oh, yeah, no, I'm. Man. Blast. I think. I mean, uh, it's honestly for your most, benefit. I think. It looked like. I asked if I was still trying to decide if I was looking at coleslaw and tree bark or yeah. macaroni and cheese and jerky. It looked like, like ribs I, that were left out in the sun for 45 days. I, I tough, tough, scene. A tough look for sure. Oh, and, and oh, the poor man, what? and the poor man said he was excited. To, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, he was like so yeah. excited posting his his Yo. barbecue. Go look under the throw so under the thread. They show what the burn ins look like. Somebody else went and looked up the burn ins. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, my no. friends, 
My y'all, y'all, hey, everybody up there in, in that northern area in Minnesota, y'all, it, Kansas City's not that far. Your boy Seth Kaiser over comes down all the time. It's just a little trip down the highway. You can jump on a plane even. There's real barbecue down here. We will show you what it looks like. And some people are nice. This city's nice enough. Most of them will teach you how to do it. How do you even eat that? I don't know. How do you get that? How do you get ribs uh, to look like well, that? I, I couldn't even. They boiled them. I guarantee those uh, are boiled. Yeah. But that, they didn't put any sauce sense. on yeah. them. They, they didn't. Like, and they also look like they boiled them boiled. for like four years, not yeah. like. <laughs> yes. It looks like they were prepared with like a. Uh, like like on an iron, ironing board with an iron. I, like I that's know. what you cook them on and, in a hotel. And I feel room. bad because it's a restaurant, but like, no. Like yeah, we are way off the beaten path. It's like path. they just left them off the, on is... the furnace for a couple hours and let them cook yeah. like that. Yeah, just, right. just leave them on the furnace grate and just let them, <laughs> yeah. let them let steam. It, whatever happens. Uh, I Even if guess. it turns off overnight. Hey, guys, it, we're, we're going to talk about some different stuff during the offseason because guess what? There's not as much Chief stuff. So if you guys have barbecue takes or if you guys want to share your barbecue food takes that you guys prepare on your own, share them with us at the handles or with us on our socials. We're cool. always here to look at barbecue. Also, uh, I think we're going to try and do probably a meetup for a tailgate at some point during one game this season. Yes. So we'll, we'll try and do some barbecue out there for everybody if you guys want to do that. So we'll, there'll be more details and info about that once I figure out how that's all going to work. comes around, which we've yeah, still got plenty we, of time. Once we know. Current once we're, once we're aware of all the uh, rules and regulations around the NFL's <laughs> protocols of how yeah. we're allowed to do the stuff. Yeah. All right. Because there's a whole bunch of that we haven't even talked about that came out, which is oh, a whole nother mess for a Cole whole nother Beasley. day. That, we ain't, I am not touching Cole that with a hundred. That is fire. He's on one. He's on Twitter. We he's, would like to come out in full support of one Mr. Cole. I'm just kidding. I I'll about to say, what are we going with this time? <laughs> and we're back I mean, with I, hey, All podcast. I will say is make your choice. Make your yeah. own choice. That's fine. Just yeah. Make Everybody makes choice. their own choice. Yeah. Some people go to college. Some people pro do athlete, nothing maybe you don't have to it's, speak about. You know. Yeah, but if you're pro Some athlete, though, maybe you don't have to be yeah. speaking the way Cole Beasley is speaking about. Uh, it's a there's a responsibility thing there, but at the same time, it in this country you have to respect his ability and his right to say those things because it is. His I do respect his boldness. So. He is just he is very. It may not be great for your career. It's an interesting. You're gonna have, it's an interesting take, but I respect his boldness for sure. The NFL has made sure to basically say that you're not going to get to really have any friends or do much with the team yeah. if you're yeah. not vaccinated. Said, but he did kind of say the 2021 really remake of Bubble Boy featuring Cole Beasley. It's really tough, man. Though I get, I kind of, I, I, I don't, I don't agree with his take, but I get where he's coming from as far yeah. as like it's his choice to. I get it, but yeah. hey, dog, like, the NFL is not a right; it's a privilege. Ask any player; they tell you that. It, it, that's that's not a fan saying that. That's not a reporter on the outside. Those are that's players' words. Yes. Yep. Father's Day is just around the corner, and you probably need a gift for a hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the Lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Say It Again at Manscaped.com. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and just launched their Lawnmower 4.0. Imagine surprising your dad with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized body hair trimmer that says your balls will thank you on the box. 
Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. And you might ask, how is this Lawnmower 4.0 different from other trimmers? Well, this upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. This is a great feature if your father or yourself do a lot of traveling. It can also give you the ability to turn on the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. You can now shave your balls in the dark. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. And there's the new wireless charging system that uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Yeah, you heard that right. Wireless charging ball trimmers are a real thing now. Have you ever seen a nose bush sticking out of your dad's nose? Well, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer is the best nose hair trimmer on the market and the perfect gift for your pops. They also have other amazing products like Cologne, Crop Mop Ball Wipes, Crop Reviver Ball Toner, and Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. For all the females listening, you'll appreciate this part. Manscaped products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, dye-free, and vegan. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Say it again at manscaped.com. Get your dad a gift you know they will use. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Say it again. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Spring training is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. world-class resorts, unbeatable dining and nightlife, amazing scenery, and endless outdoor adventure. Make your visit unforgettable. Plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com. All right, let's get into this before we get too right. far down the uh, this rabbit hole. We got a special for you. We're going to we're going to do our favorite chiefs moments so we all yeah. picked some we're gonna not do any duplicates so if anybody gets one jack too bad you better find another one it's a trip down memory lane and then you guys yeah. are gonna let us know which which set of memories you like best Ooh. i like that yeah we're gonna right. see what kind of audience we have because a fair warning to all the fans i am a lot a lot younger than my other two co-hosts here. So. There's a, there's some generational differences. There is a in, little bit of a generational Chiefs gap. Rooms. You're going to have some different memories here, I think. So we should be yeah, good. This should true. be fun. It is true. So who wants to well, start uh, us off here? Uh, we'll, so we'll we let... start, we're starting with our bottom memory, right? Like our third. Yeah. We'll let the young gun go first, Mr. Garrett. Why don't you fire us out here with your All right. Fire us out here. memory. Uh, so if I were to rank these third, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna go with, uh, it's a more, definitely a more recent one. I believe this happened back in 2017. The uh, the Eric Berry pick two game. Uh, this is a really, really good, ga- great game in my opinion. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Chiefs returned, or Eric Berry and the Chiefs went to Atlanta, Eric Berry's hometown, where he's kind of grown up and 
most importantly did a lot of his cancer treatment at. Uh, he came back and absolutely dominated the game, had a pick six, and then had the first ever, I believe it was the first ever uh, was, pick yes. two in NFL history. Uh, yeah. Same game. Towering for an eight-point game. He gave both of his ball, the balls to uh, his parents, and it was just a super awesome moment. And really, it was just like that whole run of Eric Berry coming back and, mm-hmm. and making, you know, the, the kind of the run through and really just proving that he was still a dominant player. And after beating, uh, uh, you know, cancer and going through everything that he did. And it was just a really uh, touching moment watching it live. It was just like, they were so excited, especially cause like it was a game and people didn't really talk about, it, but it was the game winning moment essentially. Like, yeah. cause it, instead of the Falcons were basically trying to go up three points on the chiefs and instead the chiefs mm-hmm. ended up going up one point on the Falcons and we ended up that ended up being the final score so yep. it was a huge turning point in that game a huge turning point for that whole season and just like I said proved to everyone that he still had it and you know just to have him do that in his in his hometown like that is a really special moment and it's just one that always kind of stands out to me in my mind we have our first steal because that was one on my list (laughs) returns game because man that was goosebump chicken skin all the way through that game it was awesome I'm really confident that you guys won't steal any of... Well, there's one. Okay, take it back. There's one that Mike had stolen. <laughs> All right. Well, what's your third one, Tom? Um, so this is actually my very first uh, Chief memory. This is the first game. This is the game that made me a Chiefs fan, so I had to put it on the list. Um, we got to go all the way back to 2005. And uh, it's a uh, it was December 24th, uh, Chargers at Chiefs. I know the game. Rainy, muddy game. Um, this was with the the offensive line that you know that featured Willie Rofe and Will Shields and Brian Waters and all those that guys. Dominant. That was yeah. I believe that was their last year together. I think that was. I think Willie Rofe retired. Um, that was that was the offensive line with that, John Tate on that crew. Yes. And then there was a, a a young running back named Larry Johnson. Mm. Um, who just that whole game was just abusing the Chargers and just was like it was a physical style of football and it was a physical style of running that um, – so growing up, I wasn't a huge football fan. And then when my like when I started to get into football a little bit, uh, it was the year when actually Andy Reid and the Eagles were going to the Super Bowl and, and around that time. And so I was kind of like, you know, these Eagles kind of seem cool. Um but my my dad was a Chiefs fan and and my little brother was and so we started watching and um or well I started watching the game with him because I didn't have an option <laughs> they had the TV remote and uh, but it was that moment with Larry Johnson there was one and I was trying to find it before the the pod there was a moment in the game where um, the Chargers used to have a, a nose tackle named Jamal Williams who was I mean a nose tackle three hundred human down. yeah big guy. and. Uh, Larry Johnson meets him like in the hole and just takes him for like five yards. And I think Larry lost his helmet. And like by the end of the game, Larry Johnson was just covered in mud. And but he was just like he was abusing people. Um, and that's that was the moment where I was like, man, I, I really like this this Larry Johnson kid, and I'm gonna watch the Chiefs. And um, that was the moment my fandom started. That uh, it's the actually that's the game that got me to get Larry Johnson jersey that I now no longer touch because every time I do we lose. <laughs> yeah, Don't Larry Johnson was also my first jersey as a kid. So hey, Larry Johnson was my first jersey. Yeah, I have a Larry, Larry so. Johnson and Priest Holmes. I got like kind of back to back. Yeah, those are 
That's funny that you mentioned Priest. He'll he might he might show up at some point on my list. Um, All right. I'm gonna go with an interesting one for my third one. A lot of people forget about this dude because he played for the Chiefs when they stunk. Um, it's Dwayne Bow, uh, and it's his catch against the Colts Ooh. in uh, God, what year was that? I got 2000. Up. Uh, 11, 2011. Yeah. He goes up in the corner of the end zone over and gets interfered with and makes just this most ridiculous like everybody yeah. talks about OBJ. Well, Dwayne Bow was doing stuff like that before OBJ was. Now it mm-hmm. didn't quite look the same all the time necessarily, <laughs> but he was doing that that catch. Go watch it. Go look that catch up. It's insane. Yeah. He goes up over one hand body's like complete like pat was throwing the ball except yeah. he's catching it gets both feet down one mm-hmm. hand does this like stop both feet is like body pauses in midair for a second while he still got the it was ridiculous that yeah. dude was a freak if they ever here played with a team that wasn't that he they would have done numbers yeah that's why he's one of the most underrated chiefs wide receivers ever i so. agree with that take that reminds me, at the end of this, I'll, I was thinking about Dwayne Bowe this week. I have a question I'm going to ask you guys, so we'll, we'll talk about it at the end. But Love me yeah. some Debo. Got me a Debo jersey, too. <laughs> That's right on. All right, so I guess I'm back up for my number two moment, and uh, this is going to be this is gonna be a, a very memorable one. memorable one. A lot of people remember this one for sure. Uh, it was Monday Night Football in 2013, and uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots came to Arrowhead and like smith ass it was a slaughtering the uh the first off i mean you know the chiefs broke the the record the guinness world record for loudest stadium that night and then tom brady and the patriots just got absolutely manhandled the final score was like 42 to 7 or something it was like an absolutely crazy run Mm -hmm. like the chiefs just had tom brady's number all night like alex smith it was uh, early on in his run. It was just like, it was a crazy game. You know, Andy Reid just, you know, really coming to Kansas City and like showing like, hey, we are to be messed with. Like, this is a serious, there's a serious city, a serious stadium, a serious team. And it was just a, an awesome moment. And Brady ended up getting like benched at the end. And mm-hmm. it was just like, it was a crazy moment. And it one that I'll definitely always remember watching on Monday Night Football. Cause it and was, then, especially yeah. it was just, it was a crazy day. That was the game that ended Tom Brady's career, and he was he retired shortly yeah, afterwards. Exactly. And, that was supposed you know, to be the, the almost Brady ten years the dynasty ago. killer. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. 2013. Dynasty over. I had there's a Facebook memory that pops up every year because I was actually with a bunch of friends after work. We got all we all worked together. We got off work from our day job, went to the bar next door, and we all watched that as a group. And there is a picture of the bar going absolutely bonkers because yeah. they are boat racing. Tom and the Patriots, and that was the end of Brady. Yeah, yeah. Until it was on to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. So, so Tom, where does that leave you with your second one? Now that yeah, we've got mine's uh, actually that beat down out of the way. Yeah, mine's actually not a game, um, but it's an NFL draft moment. Uh, <laughs> got to stay on brand. And uh, no, it's not when the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes. Um, so. We've already talked about Eric Berry um, when I was – so, again, you know, when I was growing up as a Chiefs fan, I, I became a Chiefs fan in 2005, um, right as the Chiefs began to stink. <laughs> uh, yep. That was, you know, entered the dark ages and um, yeah. suffered through – yeah, suffered through the 2008, 2009 seasons and then um, 
that was around the time that I started to get more and more into the draft and the chiefs were picking fifth overall. And, and that was the year that I did just a ton of, like, I just really threw myself into the draft for the first time and, and looking at mock drafts and reading. And um, I, I probably watched so many Eric Berry highlight um, clips on YouTube and, and all of a sudden there were other guys. I remember looking at Earl Thomas and then some other players that in that draft class, but like, Eric Berry was the guy that I wanted and, and was like the guy that was like, he's going to be so good. And, um, you know, he, I mean, he was a, a phenomenal like college player. And then on draft day, um, I was watching it with a friend and again, I was in high school. Um, but the moment they, you know, they announced the pick and they drafted Eric Berry was just like, I don't know, that was ex- so exciting for me and such a big, um, a big deal. Eric Berry is one of my favorite all time players. Like again, statistically his his stats you know in in the chiefs like or even in the nfl books aren't going to go down as all-timer but his his career and his what he meant to the teams that he was on i think was was so substantial in his career um but yeah from that moment in fact the friend that i watched that draft with bought me an eric berry rookie card that i had in a like that I kept with me whenever I like I kept it in my car and it was kind of like a little memento is always good luck on good luck traveling and stuff. So um yeah, Eric Berry getting drafted number five overall was was huge for me, not just for the Chiefs, but also for my love for the NFL draft. That's awesome because that's yeah. that's what that's what that, that stuff kind of about. And Eric Berry is one of the most underrated safeties of all time. He's an he's an all timer. And if you ask the guys that played against him, they'll tell you that he's one of the best to ever play at that position. Mm-hmm. Numbers aside, if he didn't get cancer, yeah, he probably would have had a few better numbers. But, yeah, uh, yeah, and just yeah, I mean, just insanely gifted and and played with such a a passion. And I mean, again, and things, yeah, he played. Uh, and one of the reasons I liked him is he's similar to the reason I like Tyron is smart, uh, smart yeah, player, very one smart. of the smartest. He yeah. diagnosed and analyzed. <clears throat> that's that's why I really enjoyed Eric. Also, mm-hmm. so I, I love to meet some Eric Berry love. My my second one is one that everybody's familiar with. It's when Jamal Charles and the <laughs> boys on that offensive line turned a certain formerly known as Oakland Raiders, currently known as Las Vegas Raiders franchise, into a speed bump on the way to an entire afternoon of just enjoyable butt kickings all over the field. Um, yeah. It's one of my favorite memories because it's produced so many stories because the guys that were involved have told so much uh-huh. about that game. Like Jeff and them, both Jeffs, Alan and Schwartz, talking about how that, yeah, we were telling them what play we were running. <laughs> yep. Here it comes again. Here it comes it. again. We just called the same play over and over and over. And, and dance right in their faces. And over, <laughs> over and over and over. Like, it, it was one of the most demoralizing things I've ever watched a team do to another team on a field in any kind of competition level. And it was done at the pro level on, yeah. on television and, and, and on broad daylight for God and everybody to see. And it was unbelievable to watch, especially is- because if I'm not mistaken, that was in Oakland, was yes, it not? It was. Because every time he scored, they were throwing things, throwing at him. beers at him. Yes, yeah, it birthed one of the greatest him. pictures in yes. Chiefs franchise yep. history. And that photo, I will never forget. That photo, that it's image is burned into my brain. Yeah, um, I actually missed that game live, which was unfortunate. Oh, I, yeah, I think it was uh, we, it, but family, I remember 
yeah. family members sitting in the living room. We all, because we all used to watch it together as a big group. We had eat dinner, yeah. we'd eat lunch. So we're all sitting in the living room. There's probably 30 of us in there. Mm-hmm. We started watching how this game's going, and it was like, oh man, this is going to be a good weekend. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's awesome. just destruction. All right, Garrett, what's your one? All right, so my one here, uh, it's a it's a great moment, and it's kind of similar to Tom's uh, number two moment. Um, so for me, I'm a little bit younger, like I said, and you know I've always been a Chiefs fan since I was a kid, and you know I've always liked football, and I liked you know the Chiefs obviously, but I was never really like super into it you know like i you know, i would watch the games when they would come on obviously but you know i, would, I wouldn't be able to make all of them and you know i wasn't actively kind of looking at rosters and everything like that and 2015 for me was really like the first year uh it was like my second or maybe yeah i think it was my second year in middle school um but it was like the first year where like i really like tom kind of just dove into uh like the the deeper side of, of football and the chiefs and started exploring rosters and looking at the draft and everything like that and i remember marcus peters getting drafted that year and he was just uh i was a, such a huge peters fan because he was like kind of similar to tom it was like a moment where it's like i'd watched this guy a lot and all of a sudden he like starts his career off so Mm-hmm. bloody hot like his first ever play is a pick six like his first ever practice snap was a pick six like i was i was like tuned in and so that was the first year that i was mm-hmm. like really just into the the depths of of football and chiefs twitter and everything like that and so my moment from this year that that really is a memorable one for me was the uh, the wild card round the playoffs where nile davis takes the opening kickoff against yeah. the texans 106 yards to the end zone I'll like I'll always remember the call every time I watch it like I'll say the call as he's calling it it's just it's such an iconic moment I remember watching it live just freaking out because I was just it was such an awesome like way to kick it off and like the whole the whole season mm-hmm. like it was just a roller coaster because I, that was the season where we started out one and five and then went on a 10 win yep. 10 win streak yep. to, to close out the season and make the wild card playoffs and so it was just like a super like oh my god this team has has done it like they've made it to the playoffs they're gonna get a playoff win i believe it was the first playoff victory in god knows how long in many years yeah almost 30 years yeah like it was it was first playoff victory ever like it was was a very Mm -hmm. crazy moment and Mm -hmm. something i'll always remember just now davis take he gets like one cut and then it's just gone (laughs) and no one touches him no one's like it's just it was an awesome moment for me and then we ended up you know dominating the game 30 to 0 and and advancing yeah. there so getting a shutout yeah that was, the, that was an awesome moment an awesome nice way to get that monkey off your back after yeah yeah my uh, my whole lifetime of never seeing a playoff win basically exactly so. it was an yeah. awesome awesome way to kick off the playoffs there and it was the first game of the playoffs too like we were the opening game i believe it was the first play of the entire playoffs and yeah take it to the house yeah so all right that's a good one all right tom all right this is the one that might uh that I was worried would get stolen, but it's, yeah. So my, my favorite chief's memory, and this is a recent one, um, is like, without a doubt, it was the moment that I knew the chiefs were going to win the super bowl. Um, and it wasn't during the actual super bowl. It was during the AFC championship game against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Mahomes is legendary touchdown run right before the end of the half um, was just, I, I, I think as a play historically people like we'll look back, you know, when they tell the the Mahomes story, that's going to be one of those plays that 
to me, that's up there with like, um, you know, the John Elway helicopter run and some other like, but you know, Steve Young, like 80 yard run or whatever he had. Yeah. Like all these things. Like for me, that was the moment where it was just like Mahomes is going to drag this team kicking and screaming. You were I mean, it was like they're literally going to have to murder him to get him to like for him to not win this thing. And, and that's what it was. I mean, like it's, well, should I go out of bounds? Nope. I'm going to keep going and, and, you know, bounce off a tackle and spin into the end zone. And, and like, and that's still 100% who Patrick Mahomes is. I mean, even the, the Super Bowl that they lost this past year, like running around on a broken foot, making these just crazy throws. Like they literally almost killed that man. I mean, you know, in terms of the pressures and all that stuff that they got, like, I think they set the record for most like pressures and hits and all this other stuff in a Super Bowl. It was insane, and that's what it takes to stop Patrick Mahomes because he's an absolute force of nature. But like it, that moment was such a, it was such a backbreaker for the Titans. And I know we talk about like the Sammy Watkins, you know, like touchdown catch later in the game and like some other stuff. But it was it was that run, and it was in that moment I was like, Mahomes will not be stopped, and he cannot be stopped. Yeah, that entire play yeah, that run was just magical like yeah top to bottom and uh, yeah, th- i've awesome. never seen like and it was crazy because like it was still a close game and it was like half time but the game was over yeah like the game you, could was just, you could feel over. the energy in the game shifted at that point yeah. like it's just the the whole energy was out of the stadium and it was it, just definitely yeah. the turning point for sure it would have taken like lightning like a lightning bolt striking mahomes <laughs> down for that game to have gone in any other direction after that play. He'd still probably just get up and, and want to get right back in after a snap. Yes. <laughs> or Chad Henney would finish him off. Sorry, Browns fans. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of why I, I mean, I stayed away. Uh, none of my memories are going to be from the Super Bowl year, the recent stuff, just because it, those are all stuff like they're right here. Everybody, we've got yeah. them all. They're all mm-hmm. fresh. And I, and I enjoy all of them. And I love, and I remember all of them, but these are all memories and stuff. Like I wanted to go back down the trackway a little bit. So, um, my last one and the one we'll end it on, uh, there was, uh, there was a game week seven, 2004, Kansas city set a record on the ground. Uh, priest Holmes and Derek Blaylock ran for four touchdowns apiece that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember watching every one of those touchdowns and the Falcons could do absolutely nothing about it. They... That I, that was like probably one of I was I think I was probably fourteen at the time. That was probably one of like the first times where I was like, oh, okay, like I'm really like I I, I was always a sports fan and I loved all the teams and I but I was born into the Chiefs fan thing. Like I was it was my whole family always cheered for the Chiefs and I and I've been fans through all the heartbreak and stuff early on. But that that kind of watching Priest do what he did. That's why Priest was always one of my all time favorites. Um, that's why the priest jamal conversation that infuriates twitter every year drives me crazy because <laughs> i love them both but if, if you made me choose i'm still i'm taking jamal but priest was probably my first love at that position watching him do what he did so that memory of that game where they basically just each took a half and took four touchdowns to the house and a half because that's exactly what happened priest did yeah. it in the first half and then Derek came out in the second half and did it in the second half yep. and there's it was insane to watch Oof. them do yeah so that that one for me was just like that. That was a moment that just I will never forget watching them. And I, I every second they they're getting the ball, they're gonna go run down the field to score. <laughs> there it goes. Oh look, that offensive there he goes. line, man. That offensive line just absolutely murked people. Yeah, 
And yeah. growing up with the Marty Ball era, and then to get progressed, and then to have that offensive line and those kind of running backs and that kind of stuff later on as we progressed like that, it was, the Chiefs have been blessed with a lot of memories, man. That's why this was tough because there's so many more. Yeah, we could it have was done. tough. And like you said, like I a lot like the the whole Super Bowl year, like I could have picked 15 memories from that year that would have made it like it was a, a definitely a great year especially just past even the past you know Mahomes era Mahomes getting drafted obviously yeah. is a top memory for all of us like you know there's yeah. a lot of obvious ones that we kind of left out just because we're you know we're looking for uh, some some more unique answers but obviously you know lots of lots of memorable moments to pick from and you know that we want to hear from you let us know uh some mm-hmm. of your favorite memorable moments let us know who had uh the best list out of the three of us and uh you know we're just going to keep on churning this off season and uh keep on producing great content for you guys and you know keep on doing banger videos uh and podcasts like this so uh be on the lookout for some more content coming soon as we get closer to training camp and uh with that being said we will uh see you next week thank you for listening Tune in at Kingdom Says Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for listening once again. See you next week. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.